All right, well, good morning to Chapel Grace. We invite you to stand with us. We're going to praise the Lord this morning. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this place to gather. We thank you for the opportunity to hear your word, Lord, and to worship you. We pray that you'd have your way with us this morning. God, we come to you just as we are, and to help us to grow, Lord, in the ways you, you desire and you purpose for us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands hath made, I see the stars, I hear the my soul and sings my soul my savior god to thee how great thou art how great thou art then sings my soul my savior god to thee how great thou art, how great thou art. And when I think that God is Son not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in. That on the cross, burden gladly bearing he bled and died to take away my sin then sings my soul my savior god to thee how great thou art how great thou my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. When Christ shall come with shouts of acclamation and take me shall fill my heart then I shall bow in humble adoration and there proclaim my God how great you are sings my soul then sings my soul my Savior God to how great thou art, how great thou art, 
Is it on? Okay. Good morning, church. Uh, we, we can just continue singing that, like, how great that are, like, all morning, right? I mean, love, I love that song. Well, I'm here because I want to introduce you. Uh, in case you didn't know, Chapel Gray is supporting a, um, a seminary in Ensenada, Baja California. It's called Agua Viva. And... Um, we supporting students to go through it, and you, you know, that helps with the meals, that helps with some of the materials and stuff like that. And I would like to introduce you to the student that um, Chapel Grace is supporting, which is, um, let me tell you a little bit about him real quick. Um, he got the vision when he was eight years old. He felt that, that he uh, wanted to uh, go to Bible school. To He just felt that since he was that age, eight years old. When he turned 18, his pastor came came up to him and said, are you ready? So um, his name is Samuel Obed, and he's 18 years old. So he has to go from Veracruz. He's originally from Veracruz, Mexico. And he has to travel all the way to Ensenada, Baja California, to go to school. And um, me and my wife were there, and we met him. And one of the things that he shared with me is that um, being there is a dream come true. Uh, he felt that God is calling him to minister, to learn more. His favorite topic is um, the Old Testament and humanetics. So uh, if you guys uh, want to keep uh, blessing him and supporting him, uh, what we sent to Agua Viva only covers uh, part of it. So Agua Viva has to put uh, the rest uh, to support him for a whole year. So if you go to a website, I believe it's on the website, right? Um, the Agua Viva student, uh, so you can support him and... Um, bless him to keep continuing because what he's going to do is going to go back to where he's from to Veracruz and who knows what's going to happen right he's going to, he's on fire for God at 18 years old okay so God bless you thank you for supporting Agua Viva and that's all I got all right and Again, I just want to say welcome. Um, if it's your first time here, um, we'd love to have you come and see us. We have our welcome table out there. Come and visit us. Um, let us welcome you, and we'd love to give you a gift um, just to say thanks for coming and 
checking us out. Um, and then also we have these connect cards that are in the front of all the pews. Um, maybe you have a prayer request, um, you want to sign up to serve in a certain ministry, or um, you just want to just kind of share something with us, um, go ahead and fill that out, and you can either drop it in the tithes and offering box there in the back, um, or you could bring it to the welcome table as well. Um, but we just want to be able to connect with you and just, um, you know, keep in good contact. Um, and then don't forget, we do have our text to give, um, and you can do that. It makes it really easy. So you can either give in the tithes and offering box, like I said, there in the back. You can text to give, um, or you can get on the website, I think, or through the app. Um, and with that being said, we have our new app, which is up and running. Um, it's called Church Center, and you can see all the events that are coming up. You can register for events. Um, you can see what groups we have, what's happening, um, and you can get everything there just in one place. It also, um, you we use that for um, checking in for um, children's church and, and all of those things. So if you have any questions, you can always see Axiel, because um, he's our little app guru guy that knows how to do everything. So... <laughs> Um, and then don't forget on Tuesday, January 24th for MOPS. Um, so if you have children ages fifth grade and below, um, you're welcome to come and join them. That's going to be on Tuesday, the 24th at six o'clock and they're going to have childcare provided. And then also on Tuesday, um, in room 106 at 630 is grief share. So if you're dealing with a loss, something you're going through, you, you should go and, and go through that. That's just a great um, program, I guess, a great thing to help you kind of deal with the grieving process. So, um, and then on January 27th through the 29th, so that's this next, this coming up week, right? This next weekend, um, the middle school are going to be going to Hume Lake for their winter camp. So please be in prayer for them, pray for safe travels, keep them safe while they're there, pray for our leaders while they're there, because middle school is fun. <laughs> um, and then also, let's see, we have Fifth Sunday Sing is coming up, so next Sunday evening um, here at Chapel Grace, we're hosting Fifth Sunday Sing, so... Um, all the different churches are going to come together, and we're going to be here and just have a time of worship um, and praise. So we hope you guys can come and, and do that, enjoy that time. Um, and then on March 4th, MOPS will be having their yard sale. Um, so it starts at 9 a.m. on March 4th, and their yard sale um, is to raise money to help with the MOPS um, to, just for that ministry. And then um, April 28th through the 30th. Now, this is the weekend to remember. This is the marriage retreat. And I know it's not until April, but you have until tomorrow to register to be able to go for half price. So the great thing is you could register now, get the half price deal, and then you can worry about the rest closer to April. Um, but it's just going to be a great time. We're going to be in Ventura Beach. Um, 
and you can get on their website. I think we have the link or um, the information. Yeah, it's there. Plus, you could get it in the office if you need it. Um, but make sure you go ahead and sign up for that because you don't want to miss that opportunity. And then March 10th through the 12th is the men's camp that Van just shared so nicely and eloquently with us last week. Um, but make sure you men sign up for that. It's $279 for the weekend, and the $40 deposit will hold your spot. Um, and then you have a video? Oh, okay, never mind. I guess we're going to continue in worship. You stand with us. This next song we're going to sing starts off with a lot of questions. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? Who brings our chaos back into order? Who rules the nations with truth and justice? And every time the answer is the King of glory, the King above all kings. Amen. breaks the power of sin and darkness whose love is mighty and so much stronger the king of glory the king above all kings who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder who leaves us breathless in awe and wonder the King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You lay down your I sing for all that you've done for me. Brings our chaos. Who brings our chaos back into order? Who makes the orphan a son and daughter? The King of glory, the King of glory. Who rules the nations with truth and justice Shines like the sun in all of its brilliance The King of glory, the King above all kings Yeah, this is amazing grace This is unfailing love Then you would take my place Worthy is the king. 
inherit the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy, worthy, worthy.
is here that I confess my worth and my unworthiness my value fixed my ransom paid at the cross I rejoice I rejoice in my redeemer greatest treasure wellspring of my soul I will trust in him no other my soul is satisfied in him alone I rejoice I rejoice in my Redeemer, greatest treasure, wellspring of my soul. I will trust in Him, no other. My soul is satisfied in Him Forever 
God's love endures forever. He never changes. Everything else around us seems to change. Our feelings change, our thoughts change, our circumstances change. But God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that's our peace, that's our hope. So we sing these forever statements. Forever God is faithful, forever he's strong, forever he's with us, forever. May that be our hope and our confidence this morning. Let's sing it one last time. Forever God is faithful. Forever God is strong. Forever God is with us. Forever. Forever God is faithful. Forever God is faithful. Forever God is strong. Forever God is with us. Forever. Forever. Maybe seated. Well, good morning, Chapel Grace. How are you today? Good. I'm good, too. I get to see your bright and smiling faces today. Um, hopefully they're all bright and smiling. I don't know. We'll see, right? But uh, today is another great day. We're going to finish up with uh, the talk about I've been talking about with love. Uh, and so today we're going to be talking that love is, is uh, permanent, love everlasting. Kind of goes along with the song that we just sang. Um, and there's a lot about love that I think we as a, as a people, as a nation, or whatever, have, we have a lot to learn about it. Um, it's one of those things that we use that word, we talk about that word all the time, as I've said before, but it, it doesn't necessarily, I guess, translate out in our life some way. Uh, and so I want to pray before we start uh, about that, and uh, let's just talk to God. So Father in heaven, I just want to thank you for this morning. I thank you, God, that as we seek your will, as we seek your word, uh, that you would ex ex expose to us things that we need to grow in. Show us, God, where, we, where, we, where we're a little bit lacking, and God, help us to shore those up and just grow stronger and be more like your son, Jesus. And Lord, I just pray that as we talk about love today, God, that you would show, shower your love upon each and every one of us, God, and help us to love other people as you called us to. Lord, and uh, there's so many people out there that aren't feeling well, Lord, and I just think of different people uh, that are that have given prayer requests for, for health and, and uh, classes in school and different things like that. Lord, I just pray that you be with each person there and whatever it is they're struggling with, Lord. And I know that there's a lot of people struggling with different things right now at, at any given time. And Lord, whatever those things are, they, they, they tend to sometimes pull us away from you, God. So if anything's happening in anyone's life, God, I pray that you would reveal to them how they can defeat it, God, and reveal to them what it is. And uh, Father, may they find the help that they need through you and maybe through someone you send into their path. God, uh, thank you for this morning. Thank you for our praise team. Thank you for the rest of this, this praise and worship service together. And uh, Lord, I just pray that uh, we'd all be emptied of ourselves and filled with you so that we can hear the very words from you, God. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So it's, uh, it's one of those Sundays that uh, you ever get up and you feel weird? Yep. Am I the only one that's like that? I'm just weird every day. You guys all know that about me. But just get up and you're like, something, something big is going to happen today. I don't know what it is, or, or I, I'm excited, or whatever it is. Uh, and I think love is big. 
I don't know how else to put that. Love is big. Uh, and, and love lasts forever. Well, at least the kind of love that God has. And so, you know, we're going to talk about how, how love is permanent. Because it is. It's one of the things that God says will never go away. He says it never leaves us. It's greater than faith. It's greater than hope. And it's, and it's longer in, in longevity and dur durability. And uh, because of this, we need to, to work on that in our lives. We need to invest in our lives and invest in other people. Love in other people. We're other people. And so uh, we need to do that as long as we're here on this planet, on this earth. Because it's one of those things that people recognize that we belong to God by how we love one another. And I don't know, uh, I don't know that I do a perfect job all the time. And I don't know if you guys do a perfect job all the time. I can only speak for myself. But, you know, we're going to be talking about this example that Christ set for us and the difficulty of, uh, of and we talked about the difficulty of loving others in the midst of problems or what have you, you know. Uh, we live in the middle of brokenness, don't we? The midst of sin and brokenness all around us. If you don't agree with that, then I think you need to re kind of look at the world a little bit because the world is messed up, isn't it? There's a lot of things out there that are messed up and uh, certainly a lot of things that we see out there is not love. Um, I'm kind of bummed that Christmas time has passed us because a lot of people all of a sudden get in a very loving mood during Christmas, the Christmas season, and then it passes and then tax season comes. <laughs> it makes everybody upset, right? But you know, today though, I'm going to try and tie in the permanence, the, permanent, the, the eternalness, I guess, of love and the importance of putting it, sowing, it would be a word called sowing it in our life and, around, and all around us. And we need to be an example of love. We have, need to have a love posture. Uh, and, and so... You know, it's during those things that we need to look out for. We see a lot of people that personify love. But Jesus is the one that we need to look to as the ultimate person who personifies love. Um, we, we know of Mother Teresa. We know of uh, other people that people all look up to or look, you know, wow, she was so great, whatever, this, that, and the other. But really, the ultimate is Jesus, right? And so he was humble. He was kind. He was caring. He was compassionate. And by the way, we think love is that... Well, let me put it this way. Some people think love is giving, getting to get everything you want, no matter what. You know, like, if, like my kids, they would expect me to give them, they would never get in trouble. They would never be disciplined or whatever. Well, that's not how love is. Love doesn't work that way. Love loves because it wants to teach and wants to be there and wants to, to guard, but it also, it, it takes care of things when, when you're not doing things right. So what I'm trying to say is if someone, if you're corrected by God, that doesn't mean he doesn't love you. It means he loves you that much. If God's not doing anything in your life, I'd be worried about that one. But if he's disciplining you, um, don't take it as though you're not worthy or whatever. Just say he's, he's looking into your life and he loves you and he cares about you and he's trying to teach you. Um, and that's really what love is. I mean, uh, love and discipline is all about. When we discipline our kids, we want them to learn not to do that certain action, whatever it is. Uh, the one that everybody always talks about is don't let them run out in the street, right? Make them, don't run out in the street because they might get hit by a car. Or don't go touching that thing that's at flame. Uh, and true love is like we're going to stop them from doing that. But sometimes we get ourselves in over our heads and we need help. Right? Uh, and so that's where our love for other people comes into play too. You know, so we need to remember to be humble, kind, caring, and compassionate. Uh, all the traits that I believe Jesus has and all the things that uh, we try to display to people, but we don't do it perfectly, but we can try. We can certainly try. And so we haven't really discuss the eternal impact, I guess, in a sense, uh, our choices have on other people yet. Because I don't know if you realize this or not, but our choices impact other people in certain ways. 
You, did you know that? Our, our choices, the things we decide to do, can impact people and uh, how they view love. Because if you say you love Christ, but then you do whatever, that doesn't mesh. You know, if you do something that, that doesn't show that love. Or if, you, uh, if you, you do something and you realize, hey, you know what? People are looking at me, but you're, they, if you have the answers and you're doing a certain thing or whatever, I'm trying to, I'm struggling with the words to say it, but it's, we example people, we example love first. You might be the only example of Christ people ever see. And so sometimes when we, we try and, and share that love and that redemptive work of Jesus and we try to do it with love, we don't have that long view of love. Uh, and I think that has to come back to because our society, as I said before, doesn't view love. One of the things that kind of really hurts my heart, it, not kind of, it does hurt my heart, is the, the marriage is falling apart. And, and it kills me. I, I wish I could say that Kelly and my, me never had gotten an argument, never and ever had any difficulties. We have difficulties still always to this day. Everybody does. That doesn't mean I love her any less. But there's, there's a lot of people out there that say, hey, I love you. And then the first problem that comes up, they're like, oh, we're done. I can't do this. It's just, I, can't, I don't love you anymore, or whatever it is. And that's not love at all, if that's how you, if that's how you look at it. Love looks beyond everything. I think it was somebody that said, you know, love, love, loves your, love is uh, loving your wife even after the makeup comes off. <laughs> I don't remember who said that. Not me. That's not original to me because Kelly looks beautiful with, with or without makeup. So I'm going to get, I, you know, don't send the emails. It's okay. I'm sorry. It was a bad joke. But uh, so we're going to look at the greatest commandment shared by Jesus, which we've already been doing a lot, right? We've been talking about this, the greatest commandment. Jesus said in John chapter 13, uh, 34 and 35, you don't need to turn there because we're going to be going into John. But you can get your Bibles open to 1 Corinthians 13 while I'm thinking about that. So 1 Corinthians 13 while I'm reading this. So God says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. I've said that many times, haven't I? Love God, love others. Um, and I think it's pretty cool that it can be simplified that much. But it's not simple, is it? You can say that, but it's not a simple act. Love for people can get messy. People, lives are messy. People's lives just get messy, plain and simple. And if you don't, if, if you just, you know that, um, all of us know that about each other. And, you know, sometimes it's just, that's the way it is. But it's possible that Jim, Jesus simplified this for us to stay focused on what matters most. And it circles around the word love. Love, the love Christ has, the love that God has for us. And he's trying to get our energy just dialed in to the few things that will last throughout eternity. And love is, one of the, is that one thing that will always be there. Um, I, uh, I, I don't know if I've said this before recently, but people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. If you're not displaying that love for people, you're not going to reach them. That, you know, we, we, we want to go so much at people and we want them to say, oh, we got to tell them they're doing something wrong, but we go, we go about it in the wrong way. I'm not saying we don't do that, because what I just said is if we see a friend or, or anybody else that we know well enough that we can talk to them and say, hey, can we talk? I'm not saying don't do that, but what I am saying is we need to make sure we do it wrapped in love when we do it, because love will, will, will show through if that's what we're doing. Now, I told you to open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, so go ahead and start opening there if you haven't already. We're going to be in verse 8, but I'm going to read that in just a minute. So 
you know, weddings talk about love, you know, all those kind of things. Uh, maybe you've been in some part of thing that talked about love or, you know, uh, some, some favorite quote or something about it. But let me tell you, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is a powerful passage. It's, it's, one, of my, it's one of the ones that I turn to. It's one of my go-tos for me personally. Uh, because I have to, re- I don't know about you, but I have to be reminded that love is important. That this is the type of love that I should have. This is the type of love. So we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 8, starting in verse 8. So one of the things Paul says is, is amazing about love is that love never fails. Did you know that? Love never fails. Uh, it's, it's, he talks about a lot of other things. He says, let me just read it like this. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. This is chapter 13, verse 8. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, it is in what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. And when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. And for now, we see only a reflection. We see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. And he says love is the greatest of all. See, love never fails. But all those other gifts that we might have, all those other gifts, that's 1 Corinthians 13. If you want to write it down in your Bibles, you want to underline it, you want to mark it somehow to go back, I would encourage you to go back and read that whole chapter, read the whole thing. Because it's, it, if you don't, I want you to just, you'll get the, con- the whole idea of it. But love never fails. And, and I think that we don't understand that. Because how many people have you seen and you've thought, well, love failed them? I didn't see that love working out there very well. You know, and, and, and all of those things. And, and we tend to put our emphasis on the wrong place and the wrong powers and all those things. See, spiritual gifts are something that a lot of people either they don't understand or they desire more than something else. Some people have a certain gift that other people don't have. That's just the, that's facts. That's the way it is. I, uh, I'm not as good about a lot of things as uh, other people are. Um, I battle my own, my own self in, in, inefficiencies, I guess, and I wish I could be more, but that's not where God has gifted me. I am not gifted in some things, and that's why God puts certain people around me to lift me up and make me stronger. And because that's what we're supposed to do, lift each other up and, and make each other stronger. Not step on each other when we're down, right? But, you know, uh, the prophecy, the tongues, the knowledge, all of that's going to fade away. And these were spiritual gifts with the Corinthian church uh, that, that the, the Corinthian church was really, really focusing on instead of love. Uh, and it's affirming that all spiritual gifts will stop, but love will never stop. We read that. That's what's happening. There's no, there's no way that we could be sure, but there's no emphasis in this context on the time, on the time element of one gift versus another. There's, there's no, except when you talk about love, spiritual gifts are a part of time, not eternity. Love is eternal. You got, does that make any sense? Spiritual gifts are going to go away. Love won't. So we've got to be careful that we don't place too much emphasis on one thing or the other. When we should be placing that emphasis on Jesus on the love that Jesus shares for us, and we need to share it to other people. Um, being so wrapped up in the spiritual gifts, I've seen this, uh, even myself, I have, I've seen friends that have something that have so amazing, I'm like, I wish I could be like that. 
But that's not how I've been gifted. That's not how God created me. That's not how God made me. That doesn't mean I couldn't become that person eventually. That doesn't mean that I'll never get that gift, but maybe I won't. And if you've been through growth track, we talk about spiritual gifts. We talk about where your strength is. We talk about what you're doing. So if you're trying to serve God and you're serving him in the wrong place, and that's not your spiritual gift, you're going to find yourself frustrated every day, every second, because you're going to be battling against who you're not instead of who you are or battling with who you are. And in the Corinthian church, they were so, so desperate and so, I don't know, going crazy over spiritual gifts. To, and it became to the, to the bad part, I guess, to the detriment of their love for one another. Their love for one another just started to kind of go away. It wasn't being shown. It wasn't there and it wasn't happening. And that is not the love that God calls us to. That's certainly not the love that, God, that saved us, that love through Jesus, right? And so we think about that. And so I guess I have to ask myself, what things do I apply? Or what things do I give too much attention to or too much emphasis in, in my current life right now or even in current church, the way church runs? Are we, what things do we put emphasis in? Maybe we can ask that as a question to all of us. What things do we apply too much emphasis on uh, in our current church culture and the way that we do things? Because that's, an, that's a question that we all should be asking each other. Uh, what things are we focused on? What are we focused on? What is it that, that, that we're looking at? Uh, and, what are, and what things are we focused on that are bringing, that are bringing it to maybe a de- making a detriment of Jesus' command to love God and love people? There's got to be something there in our life. I don't know that I would walk up to any... Well, no, that's not true. I've known I've walked up to people and... They said, I don't love people. <laughs> you probably all know somebody like that. Or like they've got the, they're the Eeyore of Christianity. Woe is me. I don't know. And I can be that way too, right? We all can be. But Jesus' command to love, to love God and love people is just that. It's a command. It's not a request. It's not if you feel like it. It's not any of that. It's, it's the thing of love that God calls us to. Unconditional love. And the only way I can say, I have that, I have that unconditional love for Kelly. There's been, ta- there's been days when, man, she, I don't love her very much right that moment, especially when she makes me clean. I hate cleaning. I'm not very good at it either. I like cooking, and I like making the mess and cooking, but then she has to clean up after me, which she doesn't, let, she doesn't do. She makes me clean up. Darn it. But, <laughs> but you know, there are some things that we just, we, we put too much emphasis on. We really, really do. Um, I don't know about you, but for me, I, when I first became a believer, I was worried about immediate change. I, need, I, need to, I thought that I had to be a completely different me the moment I prayed the prayer. And I thought that I would be completely different, and, and I'm still struggling to be different today. And I'm surprised that those things come back up. But that translated into, in, through my life to other people and how I thought about other people. I thought when they received Jesus, they had to be completely different. Why are they still living like that? I'm not trying to live like that. Why are they living like that? You know, that was kind of a judgmental thing on my part. It might have been where I was at in my faith. It might have been the place I was at, the church I was at. Who knows? But that's how I thought about it. I looked at it and I went, man, why? And then, and then I realized as I got older and started doing more things in ministry, I realized that the call to love becomes louder and more prominent in all of my ministry more than anything else, and I realized that I was doing things in the wrong way. I realized that I was putting Jesus in this box, 
like this. And anything outside of that box, you could not be a Christian. There's no way you are if you live outside that box. And then I was challenged with that with a good friend of mine uh, who lives in Virginia now, Rob. And he said, are you telling me that if you, if you wear jeans, or what, I'm just using that, that's not what I said, but if you wear jeans that you can't be a Christian? Well, no, I'm not saying that. Well, are you telling me that if, if I listen to different music than you do, then I can't be a Christian? Well, it depends on the music. And, I, and So we got into this whole thing. And I found out that loving, when we love people, we don't, we don't look at their inadequacies and the things that they do wrong, which is what I was doing. And as I grew older in my, in my faith, I realized that I, it's not my job to change anyone. I can't change you guys. You can't change me. Only the Holy Spirit through us, God using the Holy Spirit through us can change us. That's it. And, and, but, but that comes through discipleship, that comes through prayer, that comes through studying God's word, that comes through a lot of things. And for some people, if you're like me, I'm a slow learner. And I, and I do the same things over and over again. And finally, I realized I'm trying to, I'm going to break the cycle. But there's still things in my life that I have to break, that I'm in my cycle. And, and, and I need to understand that there's other people struggling with those things too. And so that's kind of where somebody said to me one time, a long time ago, is people don't care how much you love until they know how much you care. And that, that, that one statement hit me pretty hard. Because I, I will say that I'm, I'm not perfect. I think you guys know that. I think you know that you're, yourself that you're not perfect either. Sorry, didn't want to burst your bubble this morning. But, you know, as we get older and experience more life, we realize that there's very few things that are very, very important in life. We begin to see things in a different light as we get older. Uh, we see things more clearly. Like we understand, we start to realize that our profession and our possessions, they just don't matter. We realize that they're going to be gone someday. And there's other things that are more important. And this clarity is, I think, what this is really what Paul was trying to circle us in on or to focus us in on. So in, in verses 9 to 12, 13, 9 to 12, and he compares what we're seeing now to that of looking at a mirror uh, that, and, that is dim and imperfect. See, I don't know if you knew this. And I, I found this out from just studying and looking and reading. Uh, I don't even remember where I read it. But Corinth is famous was famous for its polished metal mirrors. Did you know that? It was famous for that. And so, just like everything else, Paul was using something they would completely understand when he talked about a mirror. Because eventually that would start to fade. Those, those polished mirrors would be whatever, and they wouldn't work very well. And they would, the best available in that day, even the best available in that day and age, gave them a reflected, reflected a dis, distorted image. So they knew that looking at something, in these mirrors that they had, it still gave him like a distorted image. You couldn't see it clearly. And Paul, and Paul refers to that. And see, he says, what we see now and understand now is a dim reflection of the divine reality around us. We don't see it completely right now. And we struggle with that. And we look through that lens and we, and we, we try and figure out why I can't see that person in a better light. Because it takes a lot of effort, you guys. It takes a lot of effort on our part. Uh, when, you, when you love, love is difficult. Love requires work. Love requires a relationship, amen? And without that love, it's, it's pretty hard to keep going. You know, so, you know, it brings us back at what we know, what we can know, or whatever, that God has revealed to us through his word. And this brings us back to 1 Corinthians 13, and he says these. Now these three remain, 13, 13, 
faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Love. Uh, and as I said, love isn't forgiving. I mean, isn't letting somebody live in a crazy way or whatever. If they are, yeah, that's not love. If you're just letting somebody continue to do something, it would be not love if I was letting my kids continue to be doing something they shouldn't do, right? But for me, uh, as I said before, I need to worry about me first rather than other people first. I need to see me change. I need to worry about changing me. And then maybe focusing and discipling in on other people because it takes everybody different places to change and to learn to love. Love is the most difficult thing in, in the entire world, I think. This kind of love. And think about this kind of love that I'm speaking to. This is a love that sacrificially gave completely to us. How many of us, how many of us don't show that love back to God on a regular basis? Yeah, a lot of us. But guess what? He still loves you. He still loves you. You know, so as Paul says, uh, three things that will remain, and the greatest of these is love. You know, it's the greatest because these others are going to cease. They're going to end. Gifts and, and all of that are going to end someday. But love never goes anywhere. Love is going to last. Love, faith, and hope. And the greatest is love. And I want you to know, uh, faith will turn to sight and hope will turn have its fulfillment, but love remains because it's the basic character of God. That's in John 4, 8, and 16, and John 3, 16. We're going we're gonna to go there in just a second. First John, I'm sorry. So we talked about that, but now we need to know, you know, we, we said those things, or I talked about those things, and, and that love remains. Love, love is always going to be here. But then, how do we know love? Well, it's simple as this. God is love. See, love remains uh, past all other things because it's the basic character of God. Did you know that? Think about that for a minute. What does God do for us? Everything he's done for us, everything he's said and done for us is out of love. The ultimate sacrifice was death on a cross. And we know he was risen from the dead. See, so if you open your Bible to 1 John, it's right before Revelation. And I cheat a little bit. Like I said, I have my different things here. 1 John chapter 4, verse 8. Essentially, it says this. God is love. But here's what it says. Whoever does not love uh, does not know God because God is love. I think I should read that again because that's pretty deep. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. And love is that unconditional thing for people no matter if they're pain in the neck or not. No matter if they continue to make mistakes. No matter if, they, if you just got done telling somebody something and they do it again. None of that matters. What matters is that you care enough for that person to see them change. What matters is that you care enough and love that person enough that everything else fades away. Everything else. When nothing in this life remains, God is still going to be there. And that's what we need to make sure we tell everybody else, too. We need to live like that. We need to live like that. Do you live and understand and believe that God will always be here? Do you live like his life, his love, is, is the strongest of all? You see, and for believers, we trust by faith that we'll spend eternity with God surrounded by love, overtaken by love, just everything around us. 
And so the reality is that we need to bring back this, this focus, this sharp focus on the call of God and the command of Jesus in 1, Corinthians, in 1 John 13, 35 and 34, where he says, love God, love others. We, we need to discover the power of love. That reminds me of a, of a movie I love with uh, Back to the Future. It says the power of love, the song, power of love. I'm not going to sing it for you because you'll never like it again. But it's a song called The Power of Love. And, you know, I think about how powerful love is truly when it's expressed and, and done the right way. One of the things that we, we know about that is uh, when love is expressed the right way, people can see the Lord in you. And, they, and it shows how much you love God by how much you treat other people. And it also shows people that we know God and that we love God by how we treat one another as well. And so uh, we, we need to discover this. We need to be able to make, uh, be able to make and help people love better. You know, we, we need to discover uh, the truths of all of this. And to make this old world a new world, we need to just work really hard at different things happening around us. And we'll be able to make men better, people better. I don't even like the word men. People better. We make people better uh, because love is the only way to do it. So I have a few questions. I think I put them up there. I hope I did. I say that every week and then they're not up there. But the next one, I want to ask you, how has, love, how has the power of love impacted your life? That's something you can ask yourself. How has the power of love impacted me? And, and, and these are circumstantial, I'm retrospectable or whatever. I don't want you to answer to me. I want you to answer to yourself, and I want you to talk to God. If you can write these down, it would be really good for you to think about it. So how has, how has the power of love impacted my life, your life? And where have you seen redemption forgiveness, and compassion. Where have you seen redemption, forgiveness, and compassion? And then this one's the one that, that kind of smarts. How do you love others? You see, if love is what is the greatest commandment of all, even, even greatest uh, of even faith and hope, then we know there's a lot of us in this room that need, a, need to take a long, long look at our priorities and energies. There's a lot of us that need to look back and go, I'm really spending time too much on something I shouldn't be. And as I'm saying this, I'm not pointing at you, I'm pointing back at myself. Because like I said, this has to work through me. And I know that a lot of us are thinking, oh man, I don't know how I'm going to do this. But remember that what we see here here and now is only, it's, it's a mangled up, distorted image of the divine reality that we're going to see someday in the future. We're going to experience that divine reality of love eventually. Like truly understand it. It'll be completely clear. And so we walk by faith, right? Not by sight. And we follow the example of Jesus because he's what? The good, the good shepherd. He's the one who showed us the way to love. He He's the one who, who displayed love. He's the one that, no matter what, showed, the, showed his disciples love. Even when they sit there bickering and arguing with each other. Even when he takes them to pray with them in the Garden of Gethsemane, before he's about to be taken away, and he says, okay, I want you to stand right, stay right here and pray. I'm going to go over here and I'm going to pray. And then he leaves and goes and prays, and then he comes back and there's his disciples. They've fallen asleep. And he's like, wake up! Didn't I tell you to pray? Don't, don't you care? 
He says, pray. I'm going to go over here. You pray here. I'm going to pray over here. And then it happens again. But God still loves them no matter what. And he says, wake up. So I guess I'm telling us all, in a sense, to wake up. Wake up to understand the understanding of love. Wake up. And know that we, need to, we can only experience that love if we understand and know it ourselves. If you don't know what love is, if you've never experienced the love of God through Jesus, I'm not sure you have a, I'm not sure that you could ever could ever truly love. Um, love isn't judgmental. Love isn't quarrelsome. Love isn't any of those things. But humans are, aren't they? But we can get better. And we can keep trying. So we walk by faith, not by sight. And I'm sure that uh, many of us have thought about love at some point in the course of our lives. Right? Uh, we've got uh, Valentine's Day coming up in a, I don't know, a couple of weeks. Seems like it's already here because at all the stores there's Valentine's stuff everywhere. But those stores don't really care about Valentine's Day, and I don't really care about Valentine's Day a whole lot. All I care about is that we show that love for people all the time. The stores care about making money on Valentine's Day. I guarantee you go buy a dozen roses on Valentine's Day. It's going to be three times more than it usually is, right? So wait to the, so I buy some on the 15th when there's a lot left over. And then I give them to Kelly. <laughs> you guys think I'm joking. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, so we have these things happening. We have these things going on around us. But, you know, we need to say it all the time. I love people. Because I say stuff like this all the time. I love pizza, and I do. I love hamburgers, and I do. I love french fries, and I do. But I can't love those that more than people. You know, I know that it's almost, it is noon almost, and some of your stomach alarms are going off, right? But that should, that, that can take a back seat to love of God, right? Those seats are still going to be there. Food's not going to want to go away. And so if we learn today, as we've learned, we need to think about so much about the primary place love plays in the gospel, the gospel of Jesus, the good news about Jesus. That is the central point of the gospel. And that's the central point of who we are. Now, this year is going to be a difficult year uh, for me personally. There's going to be a lot of things going to go on. I'm going to be preaching on some things that are going to be like, whoa, and some people can take them wrong the wrong way. But that doesn't mean I shouldn't preach them. And so, but I'm going to do all that I can and preach these things in love. Understanding that it would not be love to not mention some things. Right? It would not be love to not mention some things that we need to grow in. Some things that we need to as a, as a church and as a people to grow and get better. And, and I think it's really great that if we just write, the, I think you probably should write them on every place you can. The words, love God, love people. If you could write them on the inside of your eyelids, I'd tell you to do that. I don't know if that's possible. Don't do that, by the way. I've heard people tattoo. I don't know how you do that, but no way. Ugh. Anyway, it makes sense. Jesus said, to, it would sums up all the writings of the law and the prophets that we, by simply saying, love God and love others. And I like that last part on there. How has the power of love impacted your life? How has it? Are you changed? Are you a different person? Well, if you're a different person, then show it tomorrow when you go to work. Show it when you run into that, that, that person that you work with that's the most 
crazy person to work with. And you're like, oh my gosh, I got to do it again. Yeah, you have to do it again. See, things could change if you look at, look at that person through the eyes of Jesus. And so we need to take a look at where we spend our, ener- our time, energy, and money. Pastor Mike used to say, time, energy, and resources. We need to, where are we spending our time in? What's our energy going into? Where's our money going? Does it align with the things you say you love? So I hate this part because I, 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 I look at my checkbook and I'm like, man, I love that stuff more than... But your checkbook will tell you... you got, do kids even know what a checkbook is nowadays? Your bank account will tell you what you love and what you don't. How can you clearly... How can we clearly bring love into alignment with our time, energy, and money? And if, if we're not living, does, does it align with the two things God has instructed us to love, him and people? If it doesn't, then we need to consider what steps do we need to take so we can more clearly love people. If you haven't heard, I don't know, if you haven't heard this, guess what? God loves you, and the devil doesn't. Don't blame devil's work on God. The devil's really busy, you guys. He's really busy. And there's a lot of followers of his. A lot of demons around. Satan can't be in one place all the time. Can't be everywhere at once. Only God can. And by the way, I read the end of the story, and we win. So we win. So he loves you no matter how you treat him, him being God. May we live like that too. He even loves you if you've been actively ignoring him your entire life, if you're angry at him or convinced he's not real. He still loves you. It doesn't negate his love. God is love. And he loves you. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you for the gifts of people around us. I want to thank you for the gifts of our friends and our loved ones. But God, I want to thank you for the the gift of people who are difficult in our life too. And if we'd be honest with ourselves, God, I guarantee you we'd see how difficult we are to love as well. And so God, may we re- look at life and re-look at love and the lens of how God has it. Loving him first and then loving others. And Lord, I, uh, I know that we can't do it perfectly. We can sure try. But God, please, please help me and anyone in this room to see what's hindering my love for people and for you. What's stopping me from loving others? What's stopping me from loving you? What's making me mess up every time? Help me to see it and then change it and end it. And God, help me to know that you are the, one, the change maker. You're the one who changes. I'm just going to be faithful and serve you and talk for you when you ask me to. But God, maybe I continue to love people no matter what. I can't say it enough. We need to love because you are love. 
Thank you, Lord. For it's Jesus' precious name I pray, and we all say, Amen. Amen. Take her away, you guys. Christ the sure and steady anchor in the fury of the storm. When the winds of doubt blow through me and my sails have all been torn. In the suffering, in the sorrow, when my sinking hopes are few, I will hold fast to the anchor it shall never be removed Christ the sure and steady anchor when the tempest rages on when temptation claims the battle and it seems the night as one deeper still then goes the anchor though i justly stand accused i will hold fast to the anchor it shall never be the shore and steady anchor through the floods of unbelief hopeless somehow oh my soul now lift your eyes to calvary this my ballast of assurance seamless love forever proves i will hold fast to the anchor, it shall never be removed. Christ the sure and steady anchor, as we face the wave of death. When these trials give way to glory, as we draw our final breath we will cross that great horizon clouds behind and life secure and the calm will be the better for the storms that we endure christ the shore of our salvation christ the shore of our salvation ever faithful ever true we will hold fast to the anchor it shall never be removed we will hold fast to the anchor it shall never be removed and lord i just thank you that uh, we can hold on to that anchor above and so, Lord, I just pray that you would just be with us all as we try and find that way to love other people. But first, God, may we love you. May we show our love for you as much as we can. 
And God, I just pray that you keep us all safe as we drive home today to different places, Lord. And I pray that uh, you keep us all in your word, in your will, I mean. And Father, help us to see people in love. Lord, we love you so much for that. We really do. For it's in Jesus' precious name I pray and we all say, Amen.